Into the Triangle Podcast, Couch Guy Sports. Of course, on iTunes, rate, rate, review, and subscribe. Listen on Stitcher, on CouchGuySports.com. Uh, keep an eye on the merch store for Couch Guy Sports. We're flipping it over. We're making some changes. Hopefully, to go live beginning to end of next week. Make um, So, hopefully, uh, keep an eye out there. In the meantime, the other one's still active, so go buy shit. Support the cause. Um, we're on Twitter at Into the Triangle, so definitely check it out there. Was that right, Al? Yes, you actually got it right. Capital I and then two, capital T and triangle. Jared Scally's on the board! Ding, 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 ding. <sighs> it's a big episode this week. It is. Chris, Christopher Smith himself, fresh off a new tr- newborn child from Mass Live, joins us in a little bit here on the show. Um, before we do that, Al, how are you? You know what, Jared? I'm good. We didn't record last week. It was sort of an off week for us, but you know what? You need an off day. And we decided to take an off week. Go figure that one out. But we're, kick, we're kicking it old school this week. You just yeah. you and me, no yep. Liam. Um, the we're recording on, together. Yeah. We're recording on Skype instead of the new one because again, Liam's not here, so he's usually the one that makes the other buttons work. So he's gonna yeah. try to make us sound beautiful after the fact. I'm gonna send him everything I got and see how it goes. So we love you, Liam. <laughs> Liam, appreciate it. Um, but this Red Sox team, look, we're gonna talk about it a little bit, Chris, and I'm intrigued to ask him these questions. But this Red Sox team. They're done, right? Like, there's no, there's no, they're done, right? I don't know. Yeah, they're done. They're, they're, they're 100% done. They're done. There's not even a trace of doubt. The only way would be a 2011 collapse, which you will hear a reference to that in the Chris Smith interview. Yeah. So let's do this. Let's jump to the Chris Smith interview because it was a good one. He's at Fenway Park while doing this. So I uh, appreciate him taking the time um, watching the Red Sox who are winning while we record this against the Twins. So we'll, we'll toss it to Chris Smith when we come back. We'll talk a little bit more about um, this this big week that is for the Red Sox. Al wrote about it a little bit on CouchGuySports.com as well. But for now, Chris Smith, MassLive.com. All right. Chris Smith of MassLive at Smitty on MLB. On Twitter, good follow. Uh, he's sitting at Fenway right now uh, while watching the Red Sox play win, surprisingly. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show from uh, from good old Fenway. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Um, you said it just before. Um, we were supposed to have you last week, too. Backstory here. I know I, I promoted a little bit. Your new newborn got in the way. Uh, that's okay. Yeah. Congratulations on having a new child. <laughs> thanks. Thank you. Yeah, uh, first and first, so it's first time I've Change diapers, and I'm I'm a pro now. I've changed probably 350. So <laughs> in a few weeks, so just keep yeah, that tally going. <laughs> <laughs> um, so have to talk to obviously Red Sox with you. And the thought is, you know, you mentioned it before the show. You're at Fenway. This team sucks. You said that to me. <laughs> For <me. laughs> um, both of us, you're like this team. Us, yeah, this stinks. team just this team's just terrible. I agree with you that, that you're fitting well with this show. Theme of the show. Um, is this season over? Like, do they have any hope? I know, and I've been saying the season's over the last, like, two months, and Al can attest to that. But yeah. is this season actually over? Like, do they have any chance at all, it's sitting here September 4th, as we talk to you, um, to potentially actually make this playoff run? Yeah, they, they pretty much, they have no chance. I'm not going to say pretty much. They have no chance. And, and you know, I was actually feeling like they were going one of the two wild cards after they, you know, I even asked Alex Cora about it after the first three games of that home series against the Yankees when they, you know, won three straight there. To, and, you know, before Sunday night baseball that week, I asked, you know, Cora, you know, does it really matter what way you get in the playoffs, wild card or, you know, one of the two wild cards or the, you know, AL East at this point? And, you know, I felt like at that point they were going to win one of the wild cards. But when they lost eight straight after the trade deadline, I, I, 
the season was over there and I felt the season was over. And so, you know, my my fellow beat writer is, is, has been the positive one kind of and I've been the negative one, but I I don't think it's negative negativity as much as, you know, being realistic at this point because you know, they have to they have to jump over two teams. So basically they'd have to play seven hundred baseball, which they haven't done all year for the rest of the way. And they would have to, you know, have two teams teams or of two of the three teams that are in the wild card spot right now the indians the a's and the rays you have to have two of the three teams you know have a 2011 red sox type of september which isn't going to happen you know start say hey, start feeding them chicken and beer now start, start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean the athletics only play six more games against you know teams with a winning record so they they're they had like the softest schedule in September of any team in Major League Baseball. So the A's aren't going to blow it, and they've always been a second half team. So, Chris, since yeah. obviously this season is pretty much over, let's look into 2020 for a second. So the Red Sox have a lot of free agents right now. JD Martinez has a player option next year, and we're not even going to include JD for this conversation because everybody knows that the Red Sox want JD back next year. They need him in the middle of the lineup. Other names that arise in this list, we got Brock Holt, Rick Porcello, Mitch Moreland, Steve Pierce, Chris Owings, and Erasmo Ramirez, just to name a few of them. Besides J.D. Martinez, is there anybody on that list that you think is crucial to come back next year for the 2020 Red Sox? I, I wouldn't say crucial, but, you know, what I've heard kind of is, you know, the Red Sox would like to bring back. Or, you know, I've heard it from some players that the Red Sox would like to bring back Holt, so I, didn't, I haven't gotten that from anybody that's you know, like in the front office or, or a team person that would do that. But, you know, I mean, Holt's a guy that, you know, he wants to be in Boston and, you know, and they like him because of the Jimmy fun stuff. I mean, they like him more than just because of the Jimmy fun stuff, but he's huge with that. And they, they love him because he has Griff Holt and he's going to be the next great. Red <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, also the fact that they need a second baseman next year. I mean, and, you know, the platoon thing with him and, Marco Hernandez and Chavis, that, that type of thing can work instead of going out and signing, you know, a, a second baseman, which there really isn't, you know, too many options on the market. So, yeah, I could see them bringing back him. And, you know, obviously Rick Rousseau's had a terrible season. If they were to do anything, they're not going to offer him a contract. They might do a qualifying offer, but that's getting less and less likely, you know, by the start with him just not being good at all. Uh, in the second half, um, I mean, they're after the. It's funny because after he pitched against the Twins last time, it was seven innings in June, seven innings, no runs. And after that game, I wrote that the Red Sox would probably give him a qualifying offer. Since then, everything's gone downhill. And unless there's news about, you know, the Chris Sale, you know, the, the uh, PRP shot didn't work and that he's going to need surgery or things like that that come out this offseason. Unless there's things like that where they need a guy that can eat innings because their rotation would not, it doesn't look, you know, great so far heading into 2020. Uh, that's the only way I think that they would, you know, re sign him or give him a qualifying offer. You, obviously, Rick Porcell is the biggest, like, what the hell happened this year situation, uh, other than Chris Sale, because I think after the contract signing, I think everyone's kind of disappointed with the Chris Sale situation. But with Rick Porcello, is this just a situation of, you know what, he, he won, he had one of his better years, and this is an on-again, on, on off-again situation? Like, what really happened with Rick Porcello this year? Yeah, I mean, he's in every other every other year pitcher. It's kind of like, uh, 
you know, Josh Beckett back in the day where he was every other year. But, you know, that said, um, this has been, you know, a really bad year. I mean, this has been a horrific year for him. The stats don't resemble anything of what, like, a bad year for Rick Marcello has been throughout his career. So, uh, you know, you look at it statistically, and, you know, he's had trouble, you know, locating. Um, but, the you know, statistic-wise, his, his, you know, his fastball velocities. And, you know, if, if Rick Purcell can live at, you know, 91-92 with a two-seamer and spawning it, but in the four-seamer and spawning it, but, you know, because he has such good pinpoint control, but... If, you know, if that pitch is, you know, a couple miles per hour slower than it usually is, uh, he's not going to get away with as much. And he's also missed locations. He doesn't have pinpoint control, you know, since June. So, um, you know, so those are really the two things that have happened with Rick. And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to being, you know, if he has a good year next year, wherever he goes, um, because he is a durable guy. And I don't think it's an injury thing. I just think it's just an off year for him. Yeah, just like it has been. It's every other year. Pitches great one year, it's bad the next year, all that. I'm sick and tired of Porcello. I don't I, I don't want him in a Red Sox uniform next year. But somebody, Chris, that I might want in a Red Sox uniform next year, Jose Abreu from the Chicago White Sox. There have been a couple reports out there that maybe the Red Sox could be thinking about potentially going after Jose Abreu on the market. Do you think that that is a smart move considering that Moreland's probably going to be gone, Pierce is going to be gone, and there's no real – primary option at first base do you think it's feasible to do yeah and i i think it especially is uh a legitimate option if you know jd martinez opts out and then doesn't resign which i don't see happening i think that he will resign if he opts out but uh, you know potentially you could have both you know martinez opting in or or resigning and also bring a brayu in and they've always liked a brayu i mean they liked him since you know, 2013 when they lost out by about five million, I think it was, to the White Sox, and you know, and Dombrowski also liked him. Now I don't know if Dombrowski's going to be here, but um, you know, when he was with Detroit, he also really liked Abreu. Um, but that Sherrington, you know, regime was the one that really kind of pursued him and wanted him. And ever since, you know, you hear about these rumors like every year Abreu is coming to the Red Sox, and it's and it's never happened. So. He's definitely an option. I mean, other options are, you know, I mean, they've got Bobby Dahlback, who I don't think will start next year on the 25-man roster, but could be a guy that comes up pretty quick like Chavis did this year. I mean, you have Chavis, but he's also a second-base option. And, you know, and obviously Pierce and, and Moreland are going to be gone. Uh, I don't think they would – I don't think they're going to resign either just because, you know, not only has Pierce had – I mean, they're not going to resign Pierce because of the injuries this year. But Moreland has also had some injury issues over the past two years, and the value hasn't been there. So, I mean, he's hit well when when he's been there, but just the value isn't there because of the injuries. I think he missed 47 games this year on the IL. So another name to kind of throw out there if they were to be like, well, we've got some right-handed guys that can play first base, like, you know, Chavis and, and Bobby Dalback and I'm missing one other, Sam Travis. Another guy to throw out there in free agency is a guy like Justin Smoke, who's a switch hitter, but he hits from the left side better, and so he could platoon. Um, you know, and he would be a cheaper option. So there, but yeah, I would think that Abreu is somebody on their radar. 
I want to ask you a question, and this is something that's been kind of floated around, especially with amidst the team not being able to have a bullpen built again, and um, obviously Dombrowski in his situation. Um, are there any rumblings at all of, of him potentially losing his job after what happened this year? Um, because when you look at this team, Chris, and, I, and this is from an outside perspective, obviously I'm not in there like you guys are, but you know this team should have had a lot better of a situation than they have. There weren't really any moves made that made this team better in the offseason. And now Dave Dombrowski's situation of, well, he can't build a bullpen. He can't build a bullpen. Well, he's doing it again, only this time they won a World Series. Is he going to get any slack because they won last year? Are there any rumblings of him potentially losing his job a year early? What What's the thoughts heading into September and potentially the offseason around Dave Dombrowski at right now? Yeah, I mean, so he would be heading in next year if they kept him without a contract unless they resigned him. Um you know, I mean, or the final year of the contract. The contract expires at the end of the 2020 season. So it would be like a, you know, lame, lame duck, you know, president of baseball operations. And, and John, Henry, John Henry mentioned that, you know, during spring training that, you know, you'd want to get a contract done at some point this year or before, you know, heading into next year because you wouldn't want a lame duck president of baseball operations. And so... I haven't heard any rumblings. I know that Dan Shaughnessy wrote a column that, you know, that uh, he, I don't know if it was more speculation or it was kind of uh, informed speculation. My guess would be, was that it would be informed speculation that, um, you know, Dombrowski would be out at the end of the year. And, you know, I actually did, Dan Shaughnessy wrote something in this past globe that, you know, he was saying that, uh, Dombrowski's performed um, GM or President of Baseball Operations. Um, um, what was the word he used? Um, what's the word? Oh, I can't remember the word. But anyway, I'll, I'll think of it. But um, yeah, so I mean, um, you know, it, from what Dan has written, it seems like it. But n- none of none other of us have heard anything, and none of us have reported anything on it. And so, if the Red Sox are doing it, they're keeping quiet. I know that. Um, Bob Nightingale of uh, where's Bob Nightingale USA Today, uh, he he um, talked to Dombrowski about the rumor that that Shaughnessy had had in his column, and you know Dombrowski was said he was surprised to hear that. He he thought he was doing a good job, or you know, you know he looked at and they had won three AL East titles under him in, in one World Series. Uh, so he's surprised. He doesn't he didn't expect it, but you know he didn't also deny that. It couldn't happen. So, uh, you know, it should be interesting to see what happens after the season gets over. They'll have some time between, you know, obviously not making the playoffs. They'll have a month before the GM meetings, you know, to put somebody in place if they want to replace Dave Dombrowski. And, you know, we could go over some candidates. I mean, I think Mike Hazen, Mike Hazen would be, uh, you know, yep. because he was with the Red Sox. Um, Eddie Romero is the assistant general manager. He'd be a candidate. You also look at somebody like Derek Salvey of, um, you know, the Minnesota Twins, where he's a guy that came from, he was born in Massachusetts, and he's a Ling guy. And so, you know, they might look him. There's also some, you know, guys in the Cubs organization that fall field there that they would probably have an eye on. Um, so there, there's a lot of options. And, you know, I think that if they, you know, it, it's difficult to resign resign or, or give him you know give Dombrowski an extension heading into next year because it's like well you haven't built a farm system in a long time you know his 
his job with Detroit and his job here has been, you know, getting rid of prospects. And I think that they need to be in a rebuild or reload sort of mode where the where reloading would be, you know, um, you know, getting the farm system up and at it and also winning at the same time. And so they need a reload kind of GM. And, you know, Dombrowski just hasn't been that kind of guy. He, he's been a guy that, you know, trades guys away. So uh, I would think that there is a good possibility, but I, I have not heard anything. Um, stick to that, you know, reload and retool mentality for a second, because I'm curious. And this is me more being my pessimistic a-hole self than anything else. But are, are the guys still playing for Alex Cora? Because I, I look at Alex Cora as maybe like 20, 30 percent to blame for this year because of, you know, not being ready for the season. Um, guys not being mentally and motivated like all the way through and now kind of being complacent, it looks like from the outside, um, not really being there all the way through and kind of be- resting on 2018. Are the is the locker room in the clubhouse? Are, they, are these guys still up for Calix Cora? Is he still like kind of getting the attention of these players? Yeah, I mean it, it's tough at this point. I think because I think anybody that would look at it realistically would know that they're out of it. Um, there have been, I, I think that he has though. That it's not like he's lost the clubhouse because you know individually there's guys performing at really high levels. Right, you, know, you look at Ricky Betts and he had a good road trip and he just hit two home runs already in the first two innings of this game. And you look at J.D. Martinez, and he's hitting right now the best he has all year. So you look at it, and, you know, did they quit all, are they quitting on Alex Cora? No, I think it's just a, a, a um, you know, kind of a pitcher of the entire season right now. The starting pitching hasn't gotten the job done besides Eduardo Rodriguez, who's pitching today, and that's why they're winning. And, you know, and, and that's really been the thing. I mean, the bullpen – didn't really start pitching that well until August. They pitched well because of Josh Taylor and Darmaston Hernandez, you know, emerging in addition to, you know, Brandon Workman pitching well all year. Uh, so I think it's just been an issue of they can't beat good teams and they still can't beat good teams because their starting pitching is giving them nothing. And we saw it last night with Rick Priscillo. You know, David Price comes off the, the IL and gives them two innings, that's it. And so, you know, you look at it and a lot of these games are bullpen games because the bullpen's out there, you know, for the majority of the game. So I th- I don't think it's as much of a they're not playing for Alex Cora or they're not responding to him as much as it's just been what's gone on on why this can't team can't win and it you know mainly because of starting pitching. Well, let's get off the topic of pitching yeah. for a sec because if we start if we keep talking about pitching, we're all gonna be more pessimistic like Jared over here because he's very pessimistic about the Red Sox pitching staff, as am I. Not hard to be. Yeah, that's true. One name I want to talk about, Chris, Mookie Betts. Okay, there's the reports, obviously, that came out from John Morosi that the Red Sox would look to actively look at trade offers for Mookie in the offseason. Then Mookie comes out and says, I love Boston, but business is business. What do you think Mookie Betts will do in the offseason? Do you think the Red Sox will actually look to trade him? Does he stay one more year? Does he sign a long-term deal? What do you personally think? is going to happen with Mookie Betts and his future with the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, I mean, I know that he said that on WEI, and that was a couple weeks ago, but I had actually asked him, I had an article on that, like, you know, a month ago or something. I asked him in Tampa, you know, do you like it here? Because, you know, there's always that rumor that if, if, you know, he's being, or you know, he's holding on, he continuously says that he's going to go into free agency, and it's it's unlikely that a contract and a contract 
extension would get done before, you know, free agency that, you know, people are now saying that maybe you don't like it here. So I asked him and, you know, he gave me, but, you know, he said, I love it here, but business is business, as you just said. And, you know, the main thing for him is he wants to get paid. And, you know, Alex Spear has brought it up, you know, several times where, you know, Mookie was the type of guy, even when he was a fifth round draft pick out of high school, where him and his agent went to the final hour before he could sign or go to college, you know, after the draft, um, you know, the two months or whatever it was. And on the final hour, he signed on the dotted line with the Red Sox. You know, he has a, um, you know, a business mentality. And I think that unless the Red Sox were to offer him, you know, I, I just, I don't know how they would, ex- you know, give him an extension that he would accept. I mean, maybe if you gave him, you know, near trout money, then he would, he would say finally, yeah. But, um, I don't know if that's possible. He might just want to go to free agency to see where he, where he can get the most money. And so I look at that. I look at the situation and I feel like he is all business in that respect. It's not like he doesn't like Boston. He's just all business and that the Red Sox will at least, you know, look into the possibility of moving him this off season because they know they can't resign him and, or they will be at, you know, even ground with everybody else trying to sign him when he goes into free agency at that point, you know, all they would get back is a, you know, compensation draft pick. And so, you, you know, he could help you know, bring in some prospects and, you know, help, you know, reload a little bit as we, as we talked about. So, yeah, I would definitely say that, you know, he is somebody that they'll shop, but they're not going to uh, give, you know, they're not going to just send him for nothing either. And I think Morosi was one that said that, it, the package might not be as big as some think for a Mookie because, you know, it's only a year and there's really no possibility of that team that's getting him to resign him before that year is over. So, so they might not get as big of a package as you would think. And then, and then in that um, respect, the Red Sox might just hold on to him. And, and if they're in it, you know, keep going. And if they're not in it, trade him at the deadline next year. Okay, Chris. Last question for me, um, and <laughs> then we'll. A, if that's if that's a kind of a complex answer, sorry. <laughs> no. It, it, honestly, the Mookie bet situation is kind of complex. So. Yeah. Totally. No, it, it's very complex. It's Let, very let's call complex. it like it is. Uh, I know me and Al are very much on the side of don't bother, don't pay, and let use that money somewhere else, especially since Devers has come out of nowhere. Um, and, and yeah. finally, so I, well, well, I think I mean, it, I, that's the camp that we're in. Yeah, with, with, with bets, I can see, like, the don't pay him types because, you know, you do have Devers that's emerged, and, you know, he would be a guy that you would want to lock up long term, you know, even though he has, like, three, four more years, I think it's four more years of, you know, they can control him. But it would be nice if you locked him up long term to, like, a 10-year deal, so, you know, you have him through his prime. And then, you know, Xander Bogart has emerged. So those two guys in the middle of the lineup, and if you bring back J.D. Martinez, the subtraction of Mookie Betts, especially if you get some good prospects for him, doesn't hurt you as much because of the emergence of those guys uh, this year. And so, you Chris, know, do you I pay also... Him? Do you pay him? No. Uh, Mookie, I, I, you know, I, I guess it depends. Because I, as I was going to bring up just now, his skill set, you know, he's a small guy. And, you know, his skill set is a lot on, um, you know, running. And I mean, I know he has power, obviously, but he's got fast hands and, you know, that generates power. But his skill set is still a lot on, 
you know, running defensively in the outfield, speed, you know, speed on the base pass, even though he hasn't stolen a ton of bases this year. And so to have that complete player that you were to have last year where he was an MVP, um, you know, you look at that type of player, and I don't know how well that player ages. That's completely so, fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, last question for me, and then we'll let you get out of here. Um, this Sunday, Red Sox are playing the Yankees at 8.07, whatever first pitch is, uh, and the Patriots are raising another Super Bowl banner and playing the Steelers. Why, why am I watching the Red Sox still? What, what is keeping my attention to even at least flip the channel right now um, with this Red Sox team while the Patriots are playing? Well, I can guarantee you there'll be 20 writers that are covering the Red Sox game that will be in the back of the press box with their computers watching the Patriots game instead. <laughs> 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 I, I, I don't that. know. Like, you're trying to tell me I'll be one of them that's in the back of the press box watching the Patriots. Um, At least you're honest. Yeah, you got like yeah, seven hours I mean, to watch a baseball game. You're fine. You know, I mean, I just, um, you know, unless, um, you know, this is an interesting week here because they're playing, you know, the Minnesota Twins and they're playing the, you know, the Yankees. So if they were to go, you know, six, uh, six and one on this, they've already lost one game. So if they were to go to, you know, six and one or whatever, how many games is four, seven? Yeah, six and one or something like that. Maybe they're in it. So at that point, you know, you might be interested if they're five and one, but. I think before that, I, I, I just don't see them, you know, going five and one heading into that game, and so um, I really don't think there's much. I mean, if you want, if you want me to tell you what there's, you know, good things to look for for this year, if it's not on Sunday night, I'd watch for, you know, some of the younger guys and how they could project for next year, like, you know, how Shave is going to come back from the IL, you know, and, and how, you know, looking into next year with him, and you know, if he can improve on some of the weaknesses that he has in his swing and if Sam Travis can hit against you know if they maybe start him some against uh, righties not just lefties and you know Darrington Hernandez and Josh Taylor you know the way that they pitch you know coming down the stretch and how they can help the team out next year I think you look at you know the younger guys in that respect but other than that Patriots all Patriots on Sunday Love it. All right. Back of the press box. Chris Smith from MassLive.com. Um, Chris, really appreciate it. I know, I know you're working hard over there at Fenway, and, and you've been exhausted from having the kids. So I, I appreciate you taking the time. If you guys haven't checked out his stuff, definitely do so. Him and uh, Chris Cotillo are, are killing the game over there at Mass Live. So definitely check them out. And, of course, when the Red Sox are good next year, make sure to give him a follow. And they're all, th- all throughout the offseason as well as Chris starts breaking news. Um, Chris, appreciate the time as always, and uh, enjoy the rest of the season. All thanks, right, Chris. Thanks. thanks for having me. All right, Chris Smith, MassLive.com. Uh, I love that. Back at the press box, Chris Smith. I'm, we're starting that. Let's get that trending. <laughs> get a Twitter hashtag going of it. Back at the press box, Red Sox beat writers. Uh, God, I love it. Okay. We'll put it on T-shirt. Pull on T-shirt. I love it. All right, again, appreciate Chris Smith, of course, joining us of, of MassLive. Don't forget, um, what's the Twitter handle? I, I closed this Twitter. Let's go find it again. Um, Smitty MLB, I believe. Yeah, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. So definitely go follow him on Twitter. Um, he's a great follow during the offseason. He's always there, too. So, uh, And once they're good again next year, you'll want to pay attention, um, and he's going to be the guy to do it. So appreciate him. Um, before we get out of here, Al, I do want to talk. It's at Smitty on MLB, capital S, capital O on on, and then MLB all capitalized. So Smitty on MLB. Go give him a follow. Hit that follow button. Do it now. Maybe unfollow Al for that. 
Yeah, uh, now I'm still gonna get follows. All right. Anyways, moving on. Before we get out of here, obviously most of the show is gonna be about Chris Smith, and, and rightfully so. I appreciate him coming on, of course. Um, want to just talk through one thing because again, and you wrote about this, so it's a good time to talk about it too. Um, this week for the Red Sox, Twins, three, yep. Yankees, four. Yikes. Seven games against two of the best teams in the American League. Al, do you know how many games the Red Sox have won against the Yankees this year? Uh, against the Yankees, I'm going to say they've won. How many games have they played against them? Do you know how many they pl- 14? actually played? 14. 14. I'm going to say they've won three. Close. Four. Four. Okay. So I was one yeah. up. I was in the ballpark. We're good. You were in the ballpark. Great idea. Um, so they have to, and they've already lost the first game of the Twin Series, which was a colossal failure because everybody else that they were chasing had lost it last night. Yeah, um, that's so all it's easily, been. That's, that's literally could have been an easy game game, ground game. But no, they didn't win. So now they basically have to go five and one, whatever, like four and two the rest of this I, series. I, I would even say, Jared, and obviously because, like you said, I wrote about it on Couch Guy, they might need to win all six of these next games because, honestly, look at the two teams in front of them. The Rays have the Orioles and the Blue Jays. Obviously, AL East dwelt. Seller team. That's like six and zero. That's like yeah, they're going six and zero. And then the Athletics have the Angels and the Tigers. That's like five. Are, yeah, they're they're gonna. The point is the A's and the Rays are most likely gonna win their games. The Red Sox have to do the same thing just to have a chance. And you know what? If you have another skid like you did against the Rays and the Yankees way back when, when you lose, you know, eight in a row. If they lose seven in a row, there's no more questions. There's no more debate. The season's 100 percent over. The season right now is 98 percent over. I, there's still I, that glimmer of hope. I shared my thoughts on this too, and, and this is a shared thought between me and, me and our good friend Nick Qualio. We just recorded Couch Guy Sports before we did this, so it's it's fresh in my mind. Um, for me, the series, the Yankees, the Yankee series when they got spanked after they beat them that week, that like week of good yeah. and bad baseball. For me, that's when the season season was like, okay, I'm done. This is it. <laughs> that's it. You can't you can't bring me up and tear me down too many times more this year. Like that was it. Um, because at that point, um. Now, when they wow, you just called me Nick. That's that's wow. Okay, again, okay, fresh on my mind. No excuses, but okay, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. At that point in the year, I love you, big Al. You know that. Uh, this is what happens when Liam's not here. Yeah. So Liam's the one. Listen, hold on. Your wife is a first grade teacher. She has to know all names. You tell me you can't retain names. One name you have to remember for this show, I'm and terrible. you can't remember it. How dare you, Jared? How dare you, sir? Terrible at names. Um, I coach outside of work, and I. Oh, that's even worse. That, no, no, no. Problem. You're making yourself look so much worse by saying that because you have to remember all the names of the kids that you coach, as do I, because I coach too. That's that's even worse. Wow. Okay. Anyways, continue your point. You haven't forgotten a name here and there while you're coaching. You all, we all do it. I'm I'm one of the guys. I'm actually very good with names. Once I get your name, I'm not gonna forget it. I'll see. I don't. I called girls the wrong names before. While yelling at them, I called it a wrong thing once. It was embarrassing. It happens. Um, I still made a run, so it's fine. Good. Um, good, good, good. good job, Coach. Th- th- my mistake doesn't mean you don't run. Um, look, this team at that point, they were like in it when they beat the Yankees. When they beat the Yankees, pants off. They were. They were still. We were talking. We could have talked division at that point. Like it was respectable. Like six games after that series. Like okay, great. You have plenty of season left to do this. And then the week after, they get their asses spanked by the by the same New York Yankees team. That was the end of the season for me. So there really is no hope. And I think this week's going to prove that this team is just disgustingly awful for no reason other than they didn't try. I mentioned it in the interview with Chris too. Like 
Alex Cora is to blame. I, I understand that this at this point they're not playing for much, so I think that kind of is a part of the complacency you might be seeing as a fan, but it's been like this all year. I know a lot of people didn't watch in April and May-ish because of the Celtics, who were meh, but they were in the playoffs, and the Bruins, right? So a lot right. of people watched early because the Bruins went into the Cup. This team was just like this in April as they were now. Same complacency, no lack of energy, whether it was the relievers or the starters, pitchers sucked, and the offense was well, fine. I've had no problems with the offense all year. But but, but can you really blame Alex Cora for this pitching yes. staff, especially the, the bullpen? You can blame Alex Cora for the bullpen. There was no the talent in that bullpen. Okay, but the bullpen's been better. The starting pitching has been meh all year, and they weren't they they got off to a terrible start and complacency all the way through the year. Then you don't blame Cora. You blame Dana Levangi. No, I bl- I blame Alex Cora because they, these you didn't see any of these starting pitchers until like the last week of the regular of the pre um spring training. These guys weren't ready to go start of the year. They weren't. And now all they do all year is just keep referring to 2018. All spring training, Alex Cora was like, well, this year, you know, you saw what we did last year. Wait till this year. It was 2018. Get over it. You won. We know that. The reason why the Patriots win all the time is because they just keep chirping on the best rings the next one, right? That's why they win. That's one six. That's why they're raising number six on Sunday. The best one's the next one. And they're going for seven. Like that. that's because the mentality they have. That's why they're so good. The Red Sox, I've been rest. If they, if the Patriots did this, oh, Super Bowl thirty six, yeah, I remember that. That was fun. We won way back when against Kurt Warner and the Rams. That was a great time, beating the greatest show on turf. Yeah, like that was fun. Okay, no, it's not Super Bowl thirty six anymore. It's not twenty eighteen anymore, and that's been where this team's biggest flaw has been. I think is just, and it, not just be core. Like I think everyone's done it in that clubhouse. Twenty eighteen has been on their mind all year. They have not shut up about last year. Well, yeah, you know, this isn't as good as it goes last year. Or like, you know, look what we did last year. I think we can get back to where we need to be. I don't care what you did last year. I don't. Because look what you did this year. You're five games, five and a half games back of the second wild card spot when you had the most wins in franchise history last year. Al's a joke. It, it is a joke. Obviously, everything felt right last year. The pitching staff was unbelievable. And I'm talking the starters, not the bullpen, because the bullpen yeah. obviously picked bullpen it up. Was trash. Yeah, bullpen was trash until September on. Then they, they clicked at the right time. The offense was great last year. They were setting all sorts of records. We know Mookie Betts had, obviously, his MVP season. J.D. Martinez had an MVP caliber type season. And this year, it just hasn't happened for them. The pitching staff, like we've talked about all the time on the show, has been inconsistent as can be. And like Chris says in the interview, J.D. Martinez has just started to heat up. I'm not saying he has that he's had a bad year, but he's just really started to heat up in September, late August into September. So this team is just not anywhere close to where the 2018 team was. I guess we're on to 2020. That's all yeah. we can say at this point. We're yeah. on to 2020. It never clicked together. That's the problem. It's like we've seen the offense click at some points. We've seen the pitching be okay at some points. But we've never – last year it all kind of clicked at the right time, and most of the year it was clicking together. And, and, and that's where this year now it turns into the – well, I'm looking at next year because there, nothing's clicked, and now it's, it hasn't clicked at the same time for more than like a week at a time. And then they all fail miserably all at the same time. They've clicked more in the bad way together all at the same time than they have in a good way. All I'm going to say is this. I can't wait for Sunday to actually see live a team that knows how to put it all together every single year. It's great. All right. We're talking football, so we should probably stop for the week. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> into the Triangle Podcast on Couch Guys Sports. Again, big shout, Chris Smith, Mass Live from Fenway. Mind you, from Fenway. Uh, the, de- the dedication was unreal from Chris yeah. Smith. From Fenway, helping us out, growing this into the Triangle Podcast. What a guy. Back, 
back of the press box, Chris Smith coming at you from Fenway Park. Appreciate it, Chris, as always. Um, obviously, we're going to love to have him back on at some point. Uh, into the Triangle on Twitter. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Listen to us, couchguysports.com. Go buy stuff from the merch store to support us as a network. Keep an eye on the merch store. It's going to look a little better, a little prettier, a little more functional. Ooh, I can't wait. Keep an eye out. We're doing, I'm doing things there. Because, you know, as a small business person, you got to do multiple things at once. <sighs> Here I am. All right. Al, it was okay without Liam. It but was. Liam, but, Liam, we miss you. Yes, we do. It'll be better when the three amigos are back together. Until then, big Al over there. Jared's Cal here. Liam doing God knows what over there in South Carolina. Uh, we'll be back next week. Go Red Sox. Go Patriots. Go everything. Just, just go watch sports and enjoy your fantasy football teams. See you next week. Trap you